This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction. that within every normal system there exists an aberration, something different. This weird aberration society. So um, welcome back uh, to Mutual Aberration Society. Um, I'm Ryan Jackson. Um, and today uh, I'm going to be talking about a, how would I describe it? A Afrofuturistic <laughs> Uh, not totally. But, not totally, but yeah, not totally. But a uh, no, I mean totally. Yeah, no, I mean totally. I think. I mean yes yeah. and no. We'll get into it. But <laughs> okay. Uh, but the 1987 uh, movie by uh, uh, the legendary uh, Sun Ra, starring Sun Ra. Um, it's actually not directed by him, but I mean he pretty much is the focal point, and that movie is called uh, "Space Is the Place." And uh, I have brought on a guest uh, to talk about this this movie um and my guest goes by uh the name of ill poetic um uh me and ill poetic go back go back way back <laughs> uh so uh tim as your as your your yeah. legal name uh at this this is usually when i have the guests go ahead and give their own uh introduction so tell everyone who uh ill poetic aka tim is <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, my, my name is Tim. Uh, my my MC producer name, I guess my artist name is Ill Poetic. Uh, started out as an MC in Ohio. Uh, how me and Ryan, aka Darts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, Been a minute. For now, how how we know each other is from the Cincinnati hip hop scene back in the mm. early two thousands, the battle scene. So that's kind of where I got my start started putting out records, producing records, uh, starting to form a label with my team and putting these records out, and touring and such. And I spent a lot of the 2000s and 2000s and 2000 and teens doing that. Uh, eventually started my own business, doing music production, engineering, graphic design. And then about five years ago, I went back to school um, to kind of get an education in my field. and. I've been kind of rocking with that. So right now, I'm primary, I mean, I'm an artist, but I'm also a student uh, at UCSD, UC San Diego mm -hmm. in this uh, computer music grad program, getting into a lot of really cool audiovisual stuff, producing, composing in virtual reality and audio spatialization. And yeah, just a lot of really interesting stuff. That's kind of where, where I'm at with it right now um i probably skipped a whole bunch because i'm old <laughs> and so i have a lot uh yeah, yeah. but yeah that's there, there you go it's, so. it's interesting because that you're in san diego because before i moved out to the cincinnati area that's where i was that was where i was from um my oh, family, okay. yeah my family was from cincinnati area but they moved to like san diego when i was the kid had me my my sister first me then my brother then moved us back when i was probably like nine and my brother actually lives in, in San Diego now again. Um, so that's very, that's very small, small world. Um, shit. And I actually, I was in LA for, for a minute too, but ended up back here. And I know your journey has been like hopping all over. Cause, cause you're originally like came up in Dayton, correct? 
and then you yeah. came to, so yeah. to Cincinnati for like for like college, right? Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I was I grew up in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came to Cincinnati to attend University of Cincinnati. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Hence, well, I'm back in school now. Um, yeah, and then moved to Columbus, Ohio. So I was in Cincinnati for about eight years. Columbus for about six years, and now San Diego for coming up on nine years, oh. which is trippy. Which yeah. is really wild. I love San Diego. I, I love it. How do you like? How do you like San Diego? <laughs> I I love it. I mean, it's a challenge living mm-hmm. here. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, for the first, I would say half of our time here for the first four to five years, at least really maybe even six, it was very touch and go. There were plenty of times where we were really ready to go back type. Yeah. yeah. Just right. And it wasn't like we were ready to go back. Right. No, no, we no. We're going to have to go back. So yeah, kind of yeah. just, you know that southern california cost of living hit different bro <laughs> uh it, definitely it really does mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah 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 my yeah. few years in la i was just like yeah had a similar thing like where it was just like okay you know i had a writing thing going a little bit but it was just like bro if you're not doing uh really well usually it's it, it's a struggle like you know what i mean it's like it's really it's, really, it's gotten worse too um but oh totally <laughs> Uh, to talk to 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 bring it back towards the film, um, and yeah. I presented you with a list of choices, and uh, I had a feeling you was gonna pick this one. Uh, I yeah. just had a feeling I'm like Il Poetti's gonna pick this one with the Sun Ra Sun Ra one, and 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 that's kind of like I don't think people people for the for the for the un the uh, uninitiated or or the the sort of people who aren't as tapped in Il Poetic uh has a lot of what i would classify as like underground clout <laughs> like you have like uh, uh a certain amount of stripes uh in a certain uh arena of of sort of hip hop music um that i think it goes way back and i don't really and, and we live in a totally new era you know what i'm saying we're like on the we're like i guess we qualify as like elder millennials at this point um <laughs> But but we were in a different well, we were running around geriatric, we were geriatric old as fuck millennials when we were running around in that era. And like, there's so many, so many um, random things that I remember in the short time that I was in that sort of Top Cats uh, uh, Cincinnati scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it feels so I mean. We don't even have they don't even have scribble jam no more. So I feel like uh, there's only there's only a, there's only a certain amount of people from that time that actually remember that. Um, and honestly, um, I remember. And I don't know how I, we're very close in age. I don't know how how close I'm, we are. Or not. Yeah, we're the same age. So we're like the okay. same age. We're both we're both in the same age. And but like when I got there, uh, when I started like fucking around and going up to. Uh, down to Clifton and, and, and um, mm-hmm. one of the first, first people who uh, I sort of, who was quote unquote a vet. Cause you were, you were viewed as a vet. Like that's, that's what they classified you as a top cast. Like, Oh, Ilpo X, he's a vet. You know what I'm saying? I remember yeah, coming down there and being like, yo, like people was not trying to fuck with me. They was just like, fuck this kid. Fuck this dude. Uh, you know, I had to like literally earn you know sort of earn any sort of credibility whatsoever in that scene whatsoever uh but you were one of the first quote-unquote vets that was like sort of embraced me you know what i'm saying you were like hey, what's, you know what i'm saying and at that point 
And I always, this is another thing too. Um, Cause this is like, I feel like this is an aspect of my life that I never talk about that much. Cause I've been so immersed in film and writing shit like for yeah, the for past sure. years, a few years, like, um, but um, yeah, it, it was strange because like, I remember, like, I don't think people, again, maybe, I keep saying this. I don't think people know about this at all maybe they do but 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 like i feel like you have to be a, it's a very specific group of people uh a very specific amount some of those some of those guys are gone now you know what i mean rest in peace mm -hmm. to to a few of those i mean you know quite a few of those guys whether it was guys like scandal whether it was guys like unseen Stan, yeah unseen, yes yeah. you know th those guys were also vets and in, in pretty you know well-known names in that and that you know scene who aren't with us anymore yeah. And, um, but yeah, like I remember like you were like a very, and I, and I know you make music now and, and, and you do a lot of different things, but you were like a very aggressive battler. Like, I don't think, <laughs> like, I, I don't think uh, people uh, who would hear an ill poetic record now would, would probably yeah. just, just going in blind would know how, how rooted you were in that kind of like battle shit. Like, um, cause like, I remember like I was I was still trying to like figure out how to do it but anytime I would battle you I would be like super into it just because I'm like okay like because if not like he's it's gonna look real bad <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I was like oh let me let me like let me like try to try to step it up because like I don't want to just completely get like served completely so so um where are you at now? I mean, because I feel like that's such a different kind of, um, and I promise we're going to talk about spaces and place people. Uh, no, no, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. But but where are you at? Like, what do you think about that time in your life? And like, how how is it sort of, how did it sort of lead you to where you are now in, in, in the space in terms of like, as an artist, as a creative and, and yeah, like, because I remember you were like, you were actively doing music. I mean, you were in, you had a, a, a you were in a group definition. Like and and mm -hmm. you're you were making beats and and you so you were always geared towards music. It wasn't like you were just like I'm battling, but it was such a right right. It was such a a, a big component of like how you sort of got your name around. Um, yeah, I'm just really interested to pick your brain all this time later. You know what I'm saying in terms of yeah, with with, with the benefit of hindsight, where mm -hmm. it all feels like ten lifetimes ago. Times ago, at this point, <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. very least, yeah. I mean, really, I think, you know, I started battling publicly in high school. I started freestyling and battling and not to make it a whole mm -hmm. drawn out story, but that just happened to be the popping thing at the time. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what your entry point was, because that just was the wave at the moment. So when I came to college at University of Cincinnati, I was already freestyling a lot and battling a lot. And I was scared to go to Top Cats completely shook i was on campus i had heard about top cats i heard rumors cincinnati is a and i say this lovingly cincinnati is a grimy city already mm. so when you hear about this grimy hole in the wall club where people would get booed and have bricks thrown on stage <laughs> at them, and people getting beat up in bar fights and you're yeah. like oh my god yeah, yeah. It, it took me weeks <laughs> to actually get the courage to like get up there and battle i would like pretend to go and sign my name mm -hmm. and then just come back and tell my friends like 
oh they they it's all filled up already and then eventually i'm like i have to go up here and do this uh as far as the aggressiveness um by nature i'm not an aggressive person but in that scene and battling at that time i would say like in the very early 2000s there was such a heightened level of creativity to it and that is something i'd always been drawn to and the quote unquote, like the vets, I guess you say, the unseens, the scandals, the clips, rugs, like all these folks. And, and again, this is such a small, <laughs> you have to be from Cincinnati at a certain era to know these names and that's okay. They all thrived on, and there was a camaraderie built from how hilariously aggressive you could be. So shut the fuck with this shit. This kid don't know your water is bottled, proving you don't have flow. Think about that shit when you don't know. What the fuck is up with that grotesque mold? Don't talk to me about this shit, you lied. You one step away from being cross-eyed. And I don't need to talk about this fossil, I'm hostile. You have boogers hiding inside of your nostrils. This thin-lipped bitch because he sucked too much dick to actually form a full outer lip. And I'm done with this, kid, so check. Battle me next time you form a fucking neck. And... I mean, when me and uh, me and Unseen were kind of two vets at a certain point who had never battled each other. And it's, it's worth sharing this one little story that's kind of maybe encapsulated. But we were two vets. We had never battled each other. But we were friends. And and we knew it was going to come one day. And it just so happens they were having like a tiered bracket battle, like a March Madness kind of thing. And we both ended up making it to the finals. And we knew we were when we were in the final four, we kind of saw like, oh, we're about to battle each other this is it. There's like 300 people in this room and they know it's about to happen. And they've been, this is like the one that hasn't had, this is like one of the ones that hasn't happened yet. Like it's a big deal. And we told each other, like, let's go in, like, let's destroy each other. And it was, it's hard to explain, like nothing was off the table, like diagnoses, kind of mere homelessnesses. On yeah. Us. I, like remember, these- I, I think I remember you saying something about seeing him moving pushing a couch no. or he saw you he moving. Saw me moving yeah 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 yeah. i remember that that was very heated <laughs> <For real. laughs> we put all our business out there in front of everybody uh-huh. and like that recording that battle was actually recorded and that's how mm-hmm. i remember it so well it exists like on a sound click page somewhere mm-hmm. and i heard it like a couple years ago i, I downloaded it so i could kind of keep it in my, in my archives because because unseen is no longer here and mm-hmm. and being disconnected from myself i'm like oh my god this is horrible this is horrible but to contextualize it it's like oh my god this is love this is we we are loving each other as two human beings in the weirdest way possible but that's the kind of culture that battling you know took on and eventually i think the i started recognizing a low ceiling yeah in that direction and the creativity, it just felt like it was getting, at least like in the late 2000s, mid 2000s, it was, it was just getting really watered down to these really just mm. kind of lazy tropes of punchlines that weren't even created. Yeah. I'm like, I, this is, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like getting older. I'm like 23, 24. I'm working on albums. I'm putting records out. I'm like, for me, I had so much more I wanted to talk about. So I think there are still elements that I can pull as it relates to where i'm at nowadays the you know the the dna of creativity that birthed like those on the spot punchlines and improvising freestyling writing a certain way 
that stuff never goes anywhere. It's just a feeling that you feel inside of you that you try and pull out one way or another. So, you know, yeah. And and I laugh now because like, I really, I don't really like to see where like battle, battle rap has come like in the way it exists now. Um, Yeah. And the smack stuff and 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 just like i remember like that the the way i mean it's evolved in its own way right you know what i'm saying there's there's a mm-hmm. you know there's no beats anymore like you know um obviously they're doing it acapella so and there's scheming and doing all these kind of like related scheming and very intricate things that are but it's like so written that it's like obvious and, and it's like everyone knows that but like when i was I would get roasted for even having a premeditated bar. They'd be like, that was pre-med. You know what I'm saying? Like it was totally looked at as like, you got to like be as improvisation. It has to be on the spot as possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. Get the most sort of props. You know what I mean? Like, um, and you still had pre-buttles and you still had stuff like that, but it was all about like how like in the moment you could be, and when I look at it, what it's become now, um, I, I I really don't like there is something about getting to a certain age where you're like, yeah, I really don't want to, you know, even watch this. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like watching people like just shit on each other mm-hmm. over and over again. It's like sometimes it could be fun to watch every now and then to pop back in. But even now, like my feelings about it are very different than than when uh, we were running around doing it um, early. I if I was. Yeah. yeah, no, I think if I was still writing more, like as an mm. MC, not to say I don't like MC or rap anymore, mm. but I'm just I'm kind of in, I'm doing so many other aspects that mm. MCing is kind of it sits on the back burner, right? And it comes out when it needs to. If I was doing it more, I think I would be watching battle leagues more because I'd be able mm. to pull inspiration from those, like because they are great, amazing, writers. like rhyme schemes, yeah. amazing, yeah. Yeah. Versus, but because that's not where I'm pulling inspiration from at the moment, I'm like, ah, one day these will all be on YouTube and maybe. Right, right. There's like, I feel like that in that way too, where it's like, if I ever really get get in the mood or like they're, they're going to be there because they're just, you know what I mean? But yeah, I I feel like for me, like, um, it's, it's ironic because I feel like what attracted me, obviously, I'm of a certain age from a certain background so obviously i gravitated towards rap hip-hop just very young it was just part of my life but from a standpoint of a creatively um i think for me it's always been from the standpoint of like crafting a narrative you know what i mean crafting a story being clever you know what i'm saying like coming up with Mm -hmm. sort of so that that's and obviously that that veered off and went more uh towards like actual storytelling actual you know what i mean like filmmaking and stuff like that and and it was just like at a certain point i was just like oh you know i could do this but like the universe was pointing me in this other way and it's just yeah yeah yeah. i don't know it's 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 like battling was your entry point right yeah yeah it was my it was sort of like my entry point and and then kind of like it just all, all like all the signs pointed in one direction, and I just sort of like went with it, you know, very organically too. Not like, not like on some forced, you know, trying to make myself, you know, into fit into something that I can necessarily fit. Um, but I just I look at yeah. sort of I kind of pay attention to like people that I've I knew from that time. I, I every now and then I'll be like, what's I wonder what this person's doing, and I'll pop in, and and it's just very interesting to see sort of, you know. Um, 
where those guys are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know, I know like sharp one still around doing stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. um, shout out to him, you know, um, yeah, yeah. So, shout out sharp one. <laughs> uh, it's but, an amazing, yeah, 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 completely amazing. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but, but I don't know, like, it's just, I feel like, I feel like there's, there's a certain kind of ear too, right? Like, I feel like mm -hmm. I appreciate all of the new era of stuff um on the same tier as as i appreciate sort of the real granola kind of like even avant-garde shit you know what i mean the stuff that was real artsy um which i feel like for, for i feel like you kind of fall into that kind of kind of umbrella for me a little bit where it's like first of all i think you're the first person who who turned me on to to uh was it uh the cold vein yeah Oh, ha, yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, yeah, this album's hard. And I was like, okay, I'm going to listen. So I was like, oh, this shit is, this shit is crazy. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And I remember you like, and I shout out to Blueprint because I remember you was, you, you was, uh, talk, tell, tell, I think you were the one, obviously I knew who Blueprint was, but I had never listened to Greenhouse Effect either mm -hmm. until that time in, in, in that time. Um, and like, yeah, like, but that's, that's, that's a certain kind of music. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Which is, which relates to sort of like, uh, in its own kind of interesting way, it relates to so, sort of like an artist like Sun Ra, right? Who's in right. this? Oh yeah, that we're talking about. Um, you see, like the segue, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was smooth. But but you know, like an artist who's doing so, stuff that's in definitely avant garde, right? Definitely, um, definitely uh, unique and and but it, to, to place it in the proper context of who he was and like this was movie was made in 1974. You know what I'm saying? So you can assume the movie was probably shot at least a year before that, um, 73-ish. So this is like a pre-hip-hop, you know, universe when it comes to like depicting, you know, uh, the black community specifically, um, especially in Oakland, you know what I mean? Um, and it's this weird sort of, you know, to, to talk about the plot a little bit, I'm going to go ahead and do what I always do, which is I'm going to read the synopsis. But even though this plot isn't necessarily... Um, important in my opinion yeah. um, for you to even mm -hmm. experience this movie but I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> pull it up and read it uh, as usual so again letterbox synopsis can be very hit and miss um, so here it goes Sun Ra and his solar myth orchestra return to earth after several years in space Ra proclaims himself the altered destiny meets with inner city youths and battles with the devil himself to save the black race. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll be, yeah that's kind of what happens. Um, and if that sounds kind of out there, it is, but it's out there in, in a kind of, in a great way. Like, um, first of all, let me ask you, and we'll delve into a little bit of, of what, you know, plot, plot mechanics and stuff and, uh, what okay. this movie is, uh, when did you first uh, hear about Sun Ra? And what was your first sort of experience with, with Sun Ra? Yeah. I actually first heard about Sun Ra probably in the mid-2000s, not far mm. off from when mm. our, our earlier conversations took place. Getting into Mad Lib uh, mm. from post-Loop Pack Quasimodo and really just, I think, hearing him in interviews reference Sun Ra and people like I, I was still discovering a lot of jazz myself like as a mm -hmm. producer at that time 
kind of going down my own rabbit holes and uh, I had not come, I had not gone through a sunrise rabbit hole uh, in my discoveries, but he was just always kind of on the periphery. And mm-hmm. I think Mad Lib being compared to so many different uh, interviewers or journalists were comparing Mad Lib to Sun Ra and talking about his influence that I kind of had a, in a weird way, I had a place to put Sun Ra in my mind contextualized to Mad Lib because I knew where I put Mad Lib in my mind at the time as a really bugged out prolific producer in the farthest reaches of the hip hop canon. And I'm like, oh, okay, that must be where Sun Ra sits. Uh, And I I didn't really get into his music much at all. I didn't really know how to listen to, especially when we're talking like Spaces to Place era, Mm -hmm. Sun Ra. And by no means am I like a Sun Ra expert at all, even now. But it took me a while. I think probably five years ago is when I was at the record shop out here um, in San Diego, just putting records on. And I think I probably put either maybe Spaces to Place or another record kind of in that vein. I put it on and really tried to get into it kind of did so it just did. took me a while and yeah. it really it's not until recently that i'm actually kind of more getting a real appreciation for like the mechanics of like mm-hmm. what summer i was on so yeah that's that's kind of my sunrise yeah it's, i'm similar uh it's definitely I, I i describe it as like there's a barrier to entry you know what i mean like um when it comes to to not jazz in general but like even like when it gets to like really experimental stuff, like, you know, there's always that barrier of entry for experimental music or experimental anything anyways. Uh, but, you know, the even to even know how to listen to something like like this, because mm-hmm. in a way it's like you have to like train your ear to even hear the instrumentation correctly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and it takes a while um, because I know I know for me, like my ears weren't set to listen to this adequately. You know what I mean? At a certain point point in my life until very recently even like um i had to like i had to like to even get to jazz which i do listen to now to even get to that point i felt like i had to sort of like there were like uh gateway to drugs to to like real jazz like totally. and one of them being gil scott Heron for me like you know what i mean like he was like yeah. a real gateway you know and being that because he he was sort of he's kind of viewed as like a proto rapper in his own right yeah uh because you know um but listening to him and sort of him being a bridge sort of sort of the more i listen to him the more my ears sort of my i don't know if i could describe your ears like a palette you know what i mean like 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 a taste palette or something you just kind of you have to like oh okay and then like then you start to listen to other things and then you listen to like you know the the state the, the people that they always bring up the you know the Thelonious monks and and, and Miles Davises and then you you know what I mean and then you get to that point where you're starting to understand and then it's like but Sun Ra like you said very periphery very very someone who's whose career you know existed in a very specific niche you know um in a niche way and I feel mm-hmm. like um I don't know I appreciate niche and I know you appreciate niche you know what I mean just yeah. so but I do recognize that like, um, uh, and again, I have a podcast called mutual aberration society for a reason, but, um, there's, there's, there's mainstream shit. Right. Um, and then there's like the shift for the heads, you know what I mean? And every so often right. you get an artist who knows how to kind of merge that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But those 
artists are few and far between. Um, so yeah, like, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it, it's funny because when it, so, so I, I worked at my friend's record, I helped start this record shop out here in San Diego, Beatbox Records, if anyone's in San Diego, it's a free shout out there. But uh, I was working there for years and I would put on, like I lived in the jazz section and like a really great metaphor for, you know, kind of what you're talking about, you know, training your ears or your, your ears having a gateway drug to get them to the more peripheral experimental stuff. Whenever I would put on like a Pharaoh Sanders record, Pharaoh Sanders records or a lot of records, in my opinion, the song might start off with like a really nice little groove. And so if somebody was in a record shop, when I put that song on, there's a groove going, feels good. Some roads come in, he starts playing. And then at some point, the record is going to continue growing into chaos. And you're, it, but it's gonna take you there. And so if you were in the shop when the song started, you're along for the ride because he walked you kind of into the chaos. Now, if you come into the shop halfway through the song while I'm listening to it, I might, ask if you'd like to put something else on because i don't expect you to just hop right into the chaos mm -hmm. um so yeah so and that's kind of like a short it's almost like a compact you know compact version of the long form you know right, right. 10 years it might take for your ears to eventually adjust to like free jazz and spiritual jazz mm -hmm. from like hip hop roots or something, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like a compact version of that. Yeah. And I, and I feel like you, that, that applies to this movie. I feel like if you started watching this movie, <laughs> like halfway through, yeah. you like, you'll, you'd probably be saying what the hell's going on through the whole movie anyways. But, but uh, this is, this is a movie that, <laughs> that um, is very, uh, yeah, there. And like, like I said, it does have the, the, the Afro futurist, futurist sort of aesthetic. It definitely has that, but it's a little bit, I don't know, like, you know this this idea that like Sun Ra, again is mm -hmm. is basically the way I looked at the movie um, was there's a character my favorite character by the way in, in the movie I don't know if you have the same favorite character but my favorite character in the movie is Tiny now uh, oh. Tiny <laughs> yes I, I could see that he has three lines and they're all the same basically mm -hmm. he's always asking what's going on like you know like hey man what's going on yeah. man <laughs> like so he, he says like three different ways three different times right what's going on man um uh and i feel like that's the audience right you're like what's going on man but 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 what's going on that's interesting what's yeah. going on is this move this this what's going on is is intergalactic like black liberation like that's what this is mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying like that's kind of what this story is and, and it it, it and it's just told in a very, you know, it's told in a, almost like a free jazz kind of way. You know what I mean? Like, ironically, I mean, or maybe totally. not. Maybe that's done purposely. I know I, I'm, I'm assuming Sun Ra had input, you know, in this. You know, he wasn't the writer or director. But, I mean, everything about this movie is about, you know, him being the focal point and him sort of, you know, his whole aesthetic, you know, is the aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like, from the mm -hmm. sort of, you know, and again, like, he was so, he's very ahead. Like, because like, I feel like the stuff that, the stuff that like people that came after him um, did that were similar to him, they got, they get praised for a lot more. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. sort of, we've seen other artists adopt this aesthetic, obviously Outkast being one of the most prominent, you know what I mean? Like uh, groups to, to sort of oh, have right. a similar, you know, kind of aesthetic. 
but there have been other big names who have done this sort of you know a thing i mean i mean i guess i put him on the same tier as like somebody like rama lz or you know like you know what i mean like uh oh okay yeah 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 yeah. you know what i mean even though that's more that's more hip-hop obviously but 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 again but just kind of like that space age kind of afro-futuristic vibe of of, mm -hmm. of you know um i don't know like kind of like you know i know hotep has become a bad word you know in the 2022 context but you know but it wasn't always right. you know what i'm saying it wasn't always and and there's definitely no, some but, vibes of that yeah. in in here too you know um yeah, like, but it's go ahead. It's really funny. On a quick aesthetic note, mm -hmm. I, I'll just notice that there there's a scene in there specifically of when he's against the blue backdrop, uh, which is like where the cover of the album comes from, and like in full garb, they show a shot of two other people as he's kind of talking to you mm -hmm. through the screen, and they have like the alien sunglasses on. That if you if you came up in hip hop, specifically Outkast era, you'll all you'll see is like. Oh, that's an entire portion of an Andre 3000 aesthetic right there. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Perfectly. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, he freeze framed this picture. And mm -hmm. that was an outfit for like Stankonia, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm of the, I'm, it's always interesting to see guys or artists in this kind of vein because they are usually very niche, like very, like you said, on the periphery, but they're very influential. But people, their their influence isn't necessarily uh, that recognizable to the average person because they're only they don't know they don't know it. But that influence is being taken like from other people, and they're yeah, you know, they're taking yeah. and doing their own thing. Like you said, like Andre C three thousand sort of like freeze framing. Oh, I'm gonna take this look. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the same kind of yeah. same kind of deal with 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 a guy like Sun Ra, where you're like. And again, I have to co continuously remind myself every time, like while I was watching this movie, like this is 1974 when this came out. Like mm -hmm. this was ahead of a lot of shit. Like this isn't riffing. Like, you know what I mean? Like you would assume if you're just, well, this is riffing off. No, no, no. If anything, things are riffing off of this. They were riffing off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned that because in jotting a couple, like a couple little thoughts down, one thought that I jotted down, one thought I had during the, the scene in like the community center where he was setting up the space employment, uh, so pretty much where he came to start talking to the kids at the community center outside of just the grain of the film. And yeah, like a couple outfits that you would see you're, you're seeing this to me. I'm like, this feels retro, but it also feels right now. If the, if the cameras were clean, if the outfits were just a little, a little bit different, mm -hmm. The way everyone is speaking, the type of conversations everybody is having, just the whole aesthetic of being in there playing pool, kicking it, chilling. It like it looks like 2022. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is this weird timelessness to it. Yeah, there's a timelessness. And it kind of really made me think about yeah, like how it can be a product. Like it's interesting because it's a film that feels like it's both a product of its time and then timeless at the same time right and that doesn't happen often that's like yeah really it's, it's really it's really like a lightning in a bottle kind of kind of thing because it it is like definitely of the of its moment but definitely you could drop this movie in and at any moment and people would just be like oh yeah this could totally be some shit that you would see even like again like i look at like you said like and we all we know how cyclical sort of like things mm -hmm. like fashion and shit are 
Uh, so it's very interesting to see sort of like people in the seventies in Oakland um, and have that kind of like, the guy, like you said, like the two guys that we, that, that are basically, you know, acolytes for lack of a better word of Sun Ra, the one guy who's a believer and the other guy who's like questioning and ultimately sacrifices himself to save Sun Ra. Uh, right. uh, the, the way they dress, the way they talk uh, is like, it's almost come back completely you mm -hmm. know what i mean like it's it, it's a whole vibe it is it's like it's a whole kind yeah. of you know what i mean and it's very interesting to see you know um it's even interesting to see like like how for example sun Ra just shows up right and he shows up <laughs> and uh <laughs> he shows up with the, all of this like egyptian like you know um influenced uh mm -hmm. Not only is it not only is it his costume, his 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 outfit, his whole fit, but it's, then he's got like the two people next to him who've got the whole entire like sphinx sphinx head and like yeah. <laughs> that's their sole yeah. purpose. That's the only reason they're there. Right, right, right. right. And they are walking into this place, and then you and inside the place, you know, you see like on the walls, you see all these pictures of people like Huey P. Newton, and you know what I mean, Black Panthers, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, this is like of that era like you know what i'm saying this is like yeah man, you know um yeah like this was like seeing a picture of obama in the barbershop in 2008 yeah. mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that was just happening that wasn't like a throwback picture right <laughs> like this really is funny. of that moment and 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 the movie is influenced by that because the movie the whole the whole movie both there's no i don't even view it's not even subtext it's literally on the surface the whole movie is talking about like you know even sun rock comes out and says this idea of like, um, you know, you're not, he's telling the, the black people who are questioning him, like, why should we listen to you? Like, why should we take you seriously? And he says, because like, you know, where you're, I believe the, I believe, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this, but he says something to the, to the effect of like, you're not like, you're not, you're not real here. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not treated as, as, as though you're a real, a real human, you know, and, and I'm not real. I'm a myth we are black people yeah. are myth yep. you know what i mean mm -hmm. like and there were some there was like some profound that was like low-key profound like for real like it, you could take it as like hey, he's just kind of like saying some slick shit but no no like like when you, when you really sort of like think about that for a second and kind of think about like okay and then and then in the greater context of the, of the of the movie and the story that's being told and this idea that like uh he's playing a game he's coming from another planet where he he has fled earth with black people mm -hmm. to start a new planet because he said yo we just can't we're never going to have a fair shot here so fuck it we're leaving and he comes back yep. to get more but he has to play a game with the devil right and he's mm -hmm. traveling through time as well you know because obviously yeah. you know like it's it cuts to like him in the chicago in the 1940s which i believe is when cause that's the era in which he he came up he came yeah up i think that was the chicago. Era he, yeah. yeah 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 um and then all of the and then all of the like, first of all, this is a very funny movie too. Like, there's a lot of yes. humor laced in this movie, <laughs> like in, in, in intentional humor, not like right, right, right. Oh, it's campy because it's old, but mm. like there are lines in that movie that are like he's delivering funny lines. Funny lines, like, right? He, yeah, he has a sense of humor, and I right. think that makes that makes everything that much more. You know, anyone who's like self-aware, a little self-deprecating, mm. or a little wink and a nudge, you know, you. 
you instantly like them a little bit more so right yeah, yeah right totally. and he's definitely yeah it's i <laughs> there's all sorts of dynamics that play too that are very very fucking like interesting like not only is it like all the white people in the movie specifically right like mm -hmm. if you notice how they're depicted like it's very it's 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 not only a critique of like american sort of uh a specific form of racial capitalism one but right. but um it's also like they're very arch right they're very like arch like the fbi white guys are clearly like the fbi mm -hmm. like the nasic dudes you know what i mean yeah like yeah. or even even the the woman the the, the white and, and it's not quite mm -hmm. clear like what her what she really is because because we introduced her as a nurse but then she's sort mm -hmm. of kind of like at the same time a sex worker but at the yeah. same time not really but she's always with the devil dude which again mm -hmm. shout out to that guy uh he's like overseer yeah. the overseer is and it's funny that they named again they this is all intentional shit they named him the yeah. overseer you know what i'm saying to oversee the other black people this other black guy because they could have made that a white guy but mm -hmm. they were like no 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 there's because he's saying something it's a critique it's a critique of a certain kind of person that's put in position and we see this at play today mm -hmm. like it's not it's, it's gotten a little bit more sophisticated as time goes on but like it's the same kind of shit that malcolm x would talk about all the time which yeah. is this idea of like, uh, and they even talk about it. Uh, there's an exchange with the two guys arguing about Sun Ra. Did he sell out? You know yep. what I'm saying? Is he just doing this for money? You know what I'm saying? Like put, trying to put records out. Trying to put records out, right? It, it's it's a critique that people have of of a lot of like famous, prominent black figures who are basically used to sort of pacify the rest of the black community. If you know, like, like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? In situations where shit gets hectic, you know what I mean? It's like a situation when I remember during, uh, remember when the, Remember when they were going, they were going crazy. They were going up in Atlanta, right? And mm -hmm. uh, then Ti came out. It <laughs> was trying to tell people it's like that, like you know what I'm saying, like where, yeah. where it's like they get a they get an influential sort of per, a, a black person who's wrote, who's who was able to sort of rise mm -hmm. and make themselves successful, um, and and come from a community and then enrich themselves, right? Mm -hmm. But I, with with the understanding that like they benefit from the system staying the same because like literally financially materially already have so they, therefore they, yeah, they're yeah, so you, embedded in it yeah. right they're not going to come out they're not going to have somebody who has some sort of anti-rap you know some more radical message that's like yeah this shit needs to be burned down <laughs> you know what i'm saying so this idea of right. like the overseer being this black dude um like that's a very purposeful choice um mm -hmm. and he's great like he's one of the the more most charismatic people on screen um and a totally. very yeah, very funny dude. I, I, I got the sense that he was. I I get I kind of get a sense of who's an actor and who's not an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's definitely movie. He's got chops. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he definitely come. He definitely has like yeah, yeah actor chops. It feels like he has an IMDb page for mm. sure. For sure, he's the legit actor because obviously Sun Ra, Sun Ra. He's he's uh he's you know he's not really an actor, but but he's such a presence you know what i'm saying like his whole aesthetic you know what i'm saying like even even uh you know his dry sort of you know uh <laughs> he just like, says a thing <laughs> yeah he's just like like i don't know like i guess on paper you'd be like this shouldn't work at all but it kind of still works you know what i mean like uh, completely it, yeah yeah it kind of works and then there's a there's the guy who we see the black news anchor guy mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. um who announces is coming and yeah. yeah 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 but then like when he's with the overseer there's multiple instances of him being like okay bring these women in and then he's like they come in 
and he's like, "All right, you get yeah, out." You get out. <laughs> and he gets pissed off. And he's like walking out, like, <laughs> and he does it to him multiple times. Like, uh, yeah. So this movie is like it's funny, and also for people that like may think this is a little out there movie. It's not that long either. It's only like I don't know, like hour and, hour and twenty minutes. Hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a very and and it's and it's yeah. it's entertaining. It's it's it keeps the pace going. There's always something happening. It's not like um yeah it, it again the narrative isn't necessarily that important it does have a message it does have a point but um yeah like i don't know like i feel like this type of this type of movie or 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 more more or less like this type of like creative expression is um in and of itself a predecessor to so many things i've already said this but like like even again like i think about like to pimp a butterfly right i think of i think of a, a yeah. whole a record like that and i'm like which is jazz fusion you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. definitely heavily influenced um and i look at this and i'm like would that exist would shit like that exist without this whether kendrick knows about this dude or not would shit yeah. like that even exist if not for guys like sun ra doing shit like you know what i mean like what, well, yeah. because at that point you're thinking multiple generations so mm-hmm, even right. if kendrick didn't know about it mm-hmm. kendrick has kamasi washington in the studio right kamasi knows about it or kamasi, yeah kendrick's doing a record with george clinton right. george clinton knows about this and so even if they're not educating him in real time on mm-hmm. who let's say like sun ra is or watching spaces the place in the studio mm-hmm. you're getting dna passed from one generation to the next and it, it's going to fuse itself in there whether you know it or not and that's what makes it so i think special i mean just influence in general but like you said when you have like a sun ra who sits on the periphery and is is exhibiting this kind of undercurrent of influence is such a deep level that people don't even realize they're being influenced by him generation after generation after generation I imagine it's probably frustrating for him in real time when he's in the moment thinking here I'm off in my little corner of the world on some other, other, other shit. And people are kind of, they're not really getting it the way they should be getting it. But, you know, again, maybe with the benefit of space time, unfortunately he's not around today to see it, (laughs) but you know, but perhaps he is, he might just be on another planet right now. (laughs) It'd be really cool if he could see, how like yeah the most one of the most heralded records of the last decade like a transcendent hip-hop record definitely like has his dna and his fingerprints on it yeah yeah definitely and 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 i I believe i don't remember who i heard say this but i think it, it it rang true to me was it's you it's never the first it's typically never the first person who does something that benefits the most from it. It's usually like the second person or like the third person. You know what I mean? Like there's always the, there's always the the person who sort of like trailblazes. Right. And then there's the person that's like early on. It's like, Oh, I see, I see what you're doing. Let me, let me, let me take from that. And then they go, they get massive. You know what I mean? That's usually uh, (laughs) the way it kind of works. You know what I mean? You know, and I, and I guess as, as, as creative people, um, I feel like I don't know. I feel kind of conflicted about that because, in some ways, I'm like, uh, as I've gotten older, right? I've, I I I do believe in in the adage of like uh, all like like uh, good artists are influenced, right? And like great artists mm-hmm. steal, 
Like I do believe that. Right. Like, but when but when you say steal, you have to provide you have to provide like some like context to the, the term steal, right? Because because right. you know what I mean. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm saying like yo, the bet the greatest artists are completely like rip off artists. But, but it, it's like a, what layer are you stealing at? Right. If you're stealing right. at a surface level. Exactly. You're like appropriating other cultures, or you're mm. just jacking someone's style. Mm. We can, we can tell, you know. Right. But if you're a true student of a filmmaker or an artist, an actor, a collage of different fields of creative disciplines, which is really where it gets interesting, mm. to where you're like, I'm, I'm stealing this very deep skill set that I admire from this artist over here in mm. in sculpture. And then I'm going to collage that with, you know, a pattern that Kendrick Lamar popped off on verse two, bar eight through 12 of this. But I'm going to like present that as a, a visual, like an installation, a visually right. installation. It, you know what? And at that point, you're like, no, I stole from that, stole from that, stole from that. I want you to know how I stole from that because. Right. The synthesis of those ideas is actually the art itself. Right. So right. I totally agree with the stealing thing. It's just about how deep right. you're willing it's, to go. It's, it's it's about sort of the 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 uh the execution. You know what I'm saying? Like like how are you totally. executing sort of implementing these ideas and and making them something new? You know what I mean? Something um, new. and like again, like to bring up someone who's very uh. <laughs> who's very controversial with them. Um, Kanye, like, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, what's funny. I remember, uh, and I don't know if you remember this, but I remember it was the, the Top Cats era when that college dropout album was coming out. And I remember mm -hmm. having a conversation briefly with you um, outside of Top Cats about the Kanye record. And uh, you were like, okay. And we were saying something to the effect of, yeah, it's dope. He's like, and you were like, nah, man, he's, he's, and at the time this was a, this was a novel thing because he was like the first to do it. He, you were talking about, yeah, man, he's like, he's, and he even says it a bar in his rhyme about in, in the album about it. But like, he's like, you were like, yeah, man, he's like really legitimately bridging that gap of like, you know, backpack rap mm -hmm. and mainstream shit in a way that like no one yeah. has done. Now that's like, that's so like everyone, anybody can be on a record with each other. Antiquated. Now. But it was so right, right, binary, right. like you know what I mean. It was so like fucking. You were on one side of the fence or the other before that, mm -hmm. right? And and he's somebody mm -hmm. who 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 is definitely taking from multiple, you know, people. Not you know having writers, you know, ha you know. Um, speaking of which, um, what you what is your, oh, <laughs> uh, what is your feelings uh, today as 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 all these years later? What is your feelings of Rhymefest? <laughs> Rhymefest, wow, I haven't. I told you something about Rhymefest, and I remember the switch up immediately after. So you were like, okay, so for context for everybody that doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so there was a battle for, it was a, it was a battle going on at Top Cats called mm -hmm. Battle for Midwest Supremacy. And Tim was in it. Um, he he yeah. ended up winning. But Rhymefest was also in this battle. And Rhymefest ended up losing. And I think, who did he lose to? Was it you? I don't think I don't think it was somebody else. It might have been. It might have been. Uh, uh, maybe clips. It was somebody. It was somebody from Cincy. Like it was one of. It was one of the Cincy guys. He, he yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the crowd. I'm just watching, right? And Ryan Fest is right next to me, almost. He's like two people over from me. Yeah, and like Illquadix on the stage, and they're like, "Yeah, you won the battle, whatever." And Ryan Fest is in the crowd, like, "Yeah, he's good. He's good, but he sucked." 
because he spit some of them rhymes outside in the cipher. And you had no idea, right? And like I remember like we were talking later and I was like, and you were like kind of like get bigging up Brian Fest, like, yeah, he's dope. And I was like, you know, he was like in the crowd, like saying, like, you suck yeah, I the cipher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, like you were like, man, fuck him. <laughs> oh, that yeah. So another reason that I think I got out of battling is because it's all predicated on ego. Yeah. It's 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 so not to pivot the convo back to that direction, but <laughs> no, I I could care less. And there, in in a long form battle, there's totally. <clears throat> I had rhymes in the back pocket, not full length rhymes, but I knew I had bars in a pinch that I would pull out if I needed to save myself. That the, the premeditated, as we call them, right? I, I think most of us, to some degree, had had our our safeties. So, no doubt, he was probably right. Not, not. I'd like to think not about the sucking part, but no, no, no. It was, it was, it was. He was mad because he, he was traveled, mad. He lost. He, was, he yeah. traveled from Chicago to play, get this battle, and he lost, and 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 he was expecting to win. You know, probably counting on that bag. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> we I mean, he came back in one that. scribble jam, and so I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't really have to be, you know, that upset. I mean, plus he's made a lot of money, I guess, being writing. Uh, Jesus walks. I guess I, I'm assuming he gets some sort yeah, of I mean, royalties I, from that. <laughs> and I, I know we got into. I don't even know if I have an opinion on him, honestly. Not one way or another. Like, right. I'm I'm sure he's a good dude. I know he got like into Chicago politics at a very <clears throat> low level. Not it, it. It felt like at a very committed community based level, which I like really applaud him for. And again, I'm just an outlier, seeing headlines pop in here and there. But yeah. I'm sure he's cool. I don't any again not to turn this into a Kanye <laughs> conversation, but I'm sure it has to be hard. Like for everyone who everyone always like gives his circle shit. Like, ah, oh, you must just have a you need someone in your circle to calm calm him down, or he needs someone in his circle to tell him the truth. Like, I'm pretty sure he got you see who's in his circle. Have you ever seen like his documentary on Netflix and stuff? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not he has a bunch of whack dudes in his OG circle. Mm -hmm. It's like amazing artists, amazing thinkers, amazing people mm -hmm. who, who I'm pretty sure would be telling him like, hey, maybe cool it with the Hitler talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, well, but, but that's yeah. it. Yeah, but you know, at a certain point, you know, he didn't, this is the guy who said, you can't tell me nothing, right? So, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I do think that there are people who are probably, you know, and this is just me in, in, in my estimation of, of, of being around certain people uh, mm -hmm. who have a certain level of like success and fame. Um, mm -hmm. They do tend to have a lot of people around them who enable them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that's by sort of design in a way that's like, I need you around to help me do a thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I also need you to sort of also like, confirm my bias you know what i'm saying like yeah, like yeah. so there the you know i do think that there that you know he is one of those people that it doesn't really necessarily matter you know you know i, I know that apparently you know he has guys like john monopoly who are apparently like really crucial to sort of you know keeping the kanye thing going like apparently apparently he's like somebody who's really important in that in that regard i mean i don't know if he's with him now but uh you know but 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 like I know that there's some people around him, you know. But again, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? At the end of the day, uh, it's just interesting to see you like in 2022 or 2023 now. Wow, we just switched. We didn't yeah, move fast, yeah. so so fast in 2023. 
uh, Kanye what he what he what he is now as to win way back in that first the first time we were talking about him <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of wild it's kind of fucking wild um and like you said lifetimes ago and i say this the past you know since since the pandemic right like i feel like the last two three years feel, feels like 10 so mm-hmm. it makes that era seem even further, further <laughs> you know what i'm saying than it, than it even actually is uh but yeah it's it's, it's very interesting um on a film well, tip go ahead sorry yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you about to say? I was going to say on a film tip, um, I do like what is what are what is your relationship to movies? What is your relationship to film? Because I do know um, once we had again, this is all these vaguely. I don't. I get these weird moments that I can still remember of certain. Yeah, no, these are life. you have amazing memory. This so is... there's a there was a point I remember. There was a time we I I went to your place because we went to a battle in Evansville, right? And yeah. I remember, I remember talking about, um, I remember you liked Kevin Smith, right? I had only at that point, like I had, I had seen clerks, I think, and like maybe mall rats, I think, yeah. but I wasn't like a head, but you were at the time I went through my Kevin Smith phase and I kind of outgrew it. But at the time I, I remember on my face, too. he was in your face. Cause I was like, I remember Julie was coming out. Right. And I was like, I was talking to you. I was like, man, that shit looks ass. It's terrible. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I think it's like, it's like Kevin Smith movie. He's like, no, you're like, no, no, no. He didn't do that movie. I'm like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, he didn't do the movie. You're, he's doing the movie Jersey Girl, with Ben Affleck or whatever. Oh, yeah. And and it's got Jennifer Lopez in it. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, man. Because you were like, you were like Kevin Smith was your guy. So that being said, what is your relationship to film? What is your relationship being, you know, um, that, you know, you're uh, an artist, specifically a musician? Um, yeah. How does that sort of, because I feel like there's a lot of, it's always interesting to talk to people and who Mm -hmm. are in other sort of creative fields or creative things because there's so much overlap. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of fucking overlap. And even in weird things like, like actual paintings, you know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? Whatever. It's like, there's always that sort of uh, interesting sort of, it feels like everything feeds into everything in a unique way yeah totally we're all feeding everything is feeding off of each other so yeah well i mean i know that's a vague question but (laughs) broad question no but it's okay i mean a quick thought on what you just said as far as everything feeding into everything else and this might be a point of conversation to to come back to on on spaces the place down the line is I, i think i remember reading that it's not it was, it, it's not even so much that it's a film as much as it was a live, it was a capture, it was a recording of a live performance. And they began stitching the film by screenplay and then filming mm-hmm. around that live performance. I, I may be wrong in that, but that seemed to make a lot of sense for me, to me. Like, oh, this could be, why there, there could be considered like a looseness of plot, yeah. but the music almost feels like it was filmed, you know. That's yeah, I could see separately. that. And honestly, and, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Uh, I I could see that if if the music came first because I recently had to do uh something like that where an album has already been made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I how I've signed an NDA, so I don't know how much I can say about this, but um, I wrote a thing, 
<laughs> okay. But I used <laughs> what I very what, vague terms. What yeah. I wrote because it's, I'm like I don't know like if I can. Yeah, I get it. Technically, I mean technically I, I don't really care, but I'm just wondering if I should. But that album from a, from an artist is coming out hopefully soon. Um, but I was in Atlanta with him, and I wrote something that incorporated three songs. Gotcha. So in in writing that, right, um, like fitting those in and crafting a narrative so what they all connect and make a sort of narrative sense, um, it feels it is and it's definitely it's based off of music. So like watching this movie and you saying, "Oh, I think it recorded it first, it had it, sometimes you can see the scenes and and shit when shit's created that way, right? And yeah, like yeah. having to do something similar recently, like my whole concern was the seams like that, like where it's like, okay, clearly the yeah. music came first. How do you, you know, blend that as close, close together as you can and make it, mm -hmm. it's a challenge. And, and in a movie like this, where it's, if, if, if it's based off of a con, you know, some sort of the concert footage that inspired this whole movie. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that it definitely, cause it definitely feels like a riff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ironically, yeah. like a jazz riff. The whole movie feels like a riff. Like, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like they listened to a or, or recorded a live performance and then they riffed a whole entire <laughs> narrative based off of like, how do we make this all work? How do we tie this in with your aesthetic? How do we tie this in with your message? You know, all of that. If, well, and then at that point, you get into kind of that interdisciplinary, that, that mm -hmm. one feeding into another where it's no longer just musicians are contributing mm -hmm. to this album. Now you have a screenwriter and a director mm. contributing to this album, and you could choose to separate them in the credits from like a musical and visual perspective, but really they're just names who are contributing to an idea. Mm. And I think that's kind of an interesting way just to approach art in general. So that said, my relationship to film itself, actually I think is pretty simple especially compared to my relationship to like music um, because I've never studied film because I've never attempted to really make film on my own. And I kind of don't have an, I kind of purposely don't really want to do it because I still enjoy the magic of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Not knowing how certain things are made. Um, so, well, first off I'll say, yeah, my Kevin Smith phase probably ended around our meeting i liked dogma i liked the clerk yeah. small rats uh, uh chasing, chasing amy chasing amy yeah chasing amy yeah dogma i like that i like that run of movies and even in visiting revisiting them i'm sure i would probably cringe at a lot 25 years later that i thought was really mm -hmm. cool then yeah, yeah there's probably some cool stuff in there too yeah yeah that said, listen, I used to like, there was a point in my life where I liked Boondock Saints, like for a brief moment in time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yo, like, what was I on, bro? <laughs> it, yeah. It's so fun, like playing, it's so funny playing movies from mm -hmm. the 90s. I would play them for my son, like we would watch them. And I would realize in real time, because I'm watching through a different pair of eyes mm -hmm. that grew up only in the, you know, from 2005 and on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, this this doesn't work anymore. Like, <laughs> like I was watching like Billy Madison or something, which to me was hilarious in '95. Yeah. And it's so funny because I'm like, Adam Sandler hasn't made a good movie since Big Daddy or something from like '99, 2000. I'm, 
outside of like an uncut gems uncut like, gems yeah like, right. which is it isn't an adam sandler movie it's a safety right with adam in yeah. it so it's different you know yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. but but as far as like the adam sandler brand movies mm-hmm. i would be like oh he hasn't made a good movie since that da, 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 da. but then like I, I watched an old movie that i considered classic when i was a kid and i'm like no this actually isn't that good either <laughs> like I was just twelve. Right, right. <laughs> so and, I and thought it was. My, really and with my with my son too, I I'm I'm very aware of that, and I'm like, um, he'll watch older stuff from when I was a kid, and he'll love it, like, like the live action Ninja Turtles movie or or some shit. He'll love it, right? I, I still love that movie, right? Yeah, and I still I still fucking love it. But 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 we'll we'll watch it, and I understand like, like there's some of some of those movies don't work anymore for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, but I'm like, but it works for him, and that's that's what it was supposed to, because it worked for me when I was that age yeah. too. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm sure he'll get to a point in his life where he'll be like, yeah, that wasn't that good, but you know what I'm saying? But like as a kid, that's the shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it hit it, it, it's hitting mm-hmm. on the things that are like, you know, um, I mean, like I, I feel like I don't know. There's something pure about the way you like things when you're young. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. not as analytical. So, you know what I mean? In a good way. You know what I'm saying? Usually people, you know, say, you know, if not analy- to be older and to say someone's not analytical is in a way sort of like a backhanded kind of uh, thing to say. <laughs> like where it's like, right, well, you're like you're analytical. stupid or something. Right. You're like, don't keep dumb. Like you're dense. Like, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. but like there is something about when you're younger, uh, you perceive things from a, a different mindset. Right. And I feel like, and I know this is this this gets talked about a lot, but I do feel like there's something about creativity where you're trying to tap into that somewhat. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You're trying to tap into that, like let go, you know, turn off this sort of, you know, internal editor and sort of like go with a feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, to sort of ride the wave. You know what I mean? Like um, well, yeah, flow, flow state shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Well, and I think that's actually one of the connection points between this conversation that we're having coming up in a freestyle battle scene mm-hmm. and improvisational ideas from Sunra and mm-hmm. this right here where I feel like you, you grow up in the goal from an artist or creativity level maybe is, is to develop an analytical mind where you, where you can really critically analyze what works and what doesn't about a thing, but also kind of compartmentalize that, from your five-year-old imagination and don't let one intrude on the other try and maybe keep them separated a bit so then when it is time to you know f- just make art to freestyle without the premeditated which is a completely different feeling you know yeah, yeah, to, imp- to improvise in a jazz band play like i play keys now not like professionally by any means but when i'm jamming on just on keys like on kind of an improvisational song it's that same feeling of you know practicing scales every day analyzing what works what doesn't what chord progressions work getting them so locked into my hands but then when it's time to actually play on that song let go of everything i learned and just feel things you know right if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't it's okay move on to the next note it feels right and that's honestly yes i i learned a lot of that from these jazz artists from a sunrise miles davis john coltrane whatever but yeah you're definitely touching on something with that analytical versus imagination yeah because you can i always like once i started to like 
lean heavy into like screenwriting um, and, and, and writing in general, but specifically screenwriting. Um, I, I started to encounter a lot of guys who were like Ivy league guys. And mm-hmm. like, um, it just fascinated me how like most of them, one are super like dumb, <laughs> like, like, like you're one, but also like uh, dumb in ways that you're like, what? Like you're supposed to be Ivy league. Okay, whatever. Right, but but then but you're but then smart all... in this one tiny area. Yeah, yeah. But then you're very obtuse. Right, all... because Ivy League's a scam. I'm on record saying it. But 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 fucking another thing I would notice is that there would be guys who who you'd be like, yeah, you're not dumb, but like you you overthink. You can be mm-hmm. too like smart. You know what I mean? Like in a way about yeah. like art doesn't. And I, this was somebody tweeted this recently. And like she got like ratioed, like for real. Like she was tweeting <laughs> about um something to the effect of like she was shitting on like professional sports athletes, and she was saying, um, an athlete is not like something to the effect of like being an artist is 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 uh it's 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 more uh, of value than being a professional athlete because um being an one requires you to actually be smart. And I, I was even like, what are you talking about? Making art is being smart isn't a requirement of making art. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not at all. It's 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 one of those things where it, it's funny because it's like I've I know so many people who 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 think that like they can approach this like homework mm-hmm. or they can approach making or creativity as if they're doing a term paper or or filling out a resume. And it shows it's reflective in the work where it's like, yeah. and you're like, this is not working. Like you're, you're being, you're like, you're being too analytical. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're over, oh, totally. you know what I'm saying? Like you're being too calculated. You know what I mean? Like you can calculate the fuck out of some shit. Like, you know, and it's just like, calculated that's, is the key word. Yeah. 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 You're being too calculated. And I think, and you know, it's something that I think about actually in returning back to school after mm-hmm not finishing back when I was in Cincinnati and I pretty much just went, went for music independently and used the community, the communities that I lived in as my professors and kind of just built my curriculum outside of academia. But then like going back to school is interesting because there are a ton of things that I couldn't learn in that capacity that the academic world has given me. But I'm, appreciative it's funny because i'm like one of the older people especially when i was in like the undergrad program the community college program now in the grad program it's uh, we're i'm amongst people who are closer to my age which doesn't feel quite as awkward anymore but but what i realize is is as awkward as it was to have kind of waited 15 years before returning back to school i'm really glad that i got that 15 years of real world touring putting out records learning how to you know trying to learn how to mix things on my own with my own records uh the business model of putting out things yeah just creating art period and kind of doing it with reckless abandon where it wasn't a term paper or an assignment because now i do projects that are assignment based and i find like i i I get a, a completely different type of joy out of those but if i didn't have the 15 years of like abandon you know just reckless abandoned art i'd feel very sty i wouldn't even know it existed it yeah. would be so baked into my brain that this is how you create 
in, you know, in release things. And yeah, you do have that analytical, you write your research paper about it. You do this, you do this, you do this. So I, I get where they're coming from with it. And I think you bring up this great point that it is worth maybe taking those gap years between if you are going to go to school for this, maybe take a few formative years away from that approach to develop these other core aspects of yourself that may step away from the analytical calculated approach. Um, yeah, I got, I, I told, basically I totally get where you're coming from because I'm existing in that world now and I'm picking and choosing what things that make sense to be calculated about what things yeah. that make sense to improvise on. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm of the, you know, like I've, I've learned how to sort of, be of two minds about create creativity too, where, where there's a different, I wear different hats. Like, um, mm -hmm. like when I'm doing something that I'm an idea is something that completely originates from me. The approach is way different. Um, I use similar, I use some of the same muscles, right. But others I don't. And then when I'm like, when it's something that someone is, when it's like a mercenary hired gun kind of thing, my, it's a totally different hat that I put on. Like, um, mm -hmm. at that point it's a hundred percent craft almost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still creativity, but it's mostly, it's powered by craft. So it's like, it's totally. like, mm -hmm. it's as, as where, like, if, if I'm doing something or there's no, no one's over the, sh like, no one's saying, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you make them? I'm, I, I have complete control. Then it's, mm -hmm. then it is very much me sort of like sitting down and literally riffing. Um, mm -hmm. and like, it's just a totally different kind of headspace. It's just a totally different sort of thing that you've, I've had to learn how to do. And I feel like, um, I don't know, like I, I come across people who have one mode, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and it's very interesting to me when I look at somebody who has one mode, because uh, again, it's reflective in the work. If I wrote everything through that one mode, it would be super reflective in everything that I did. It, it would be like, oh, this guy is writing um, for the market specifically and like mm -hmm. only that and like he he's not really giving a fuck about like what he has to say or yeah. or anything beyond like okay there's a demographic that i'm aiming for um mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna sell a certain amount it's gonna get me paid boom you know what i mean and there's no, totally and and, and 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 i'm not completely knocking sort of having that mentality because I do feel like you do live under, you know, a system of capitalism and, and like at the end of the day, like uh, it's non-consensual, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you have no choice, right? You know, you know it's, it's non-consensual. Yeah. Like, like, so, so you got to get your, you got to get what you got to get in where you fit in. But for me, it's all about like, how do I, how do I navigate that and still be able to uh, call myself, uh, creative you know what I mean I'm um, like uh, because you could get to a certain point where where you're just and I know I have a lot of peers who are just you know I mean it's just a job you know what I mean and I feel like no one gets into this shit because of it Hoping because they want a job like there's way more there's way easier ways to make money <laughs> you know what I'm saying like like this is the last thing if you need a, a job go some I would always tell people if you want just a job do something else Cause this is not yeah totally that. like you know what I mean like so don't don't poison the well right. trying to turn yeah. it into a thing you'll end up hating 
yeah, you'll just end up hating it and you'll end up hating yourself and, and just a lot of misery. It's like, if you don't like, you know, I do, I do believe in this idea, like that people are called to certain things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, this is not a choice. Like the grind of like industries, creative industry specifically, um, you have to really have some sort of skin in the game in terms of like, um, mm-hmm. you really want to do this or it's not worth it. <laughs> it's just not, you know what I'm saying? It's not worth it. At the end of the like day, you, you would have to want to do it for free. It doesn't exactly. mean you should do it for free if someone exactly. else is profiting off of it. Right. But if you're not thinking with that mind state, and, and you know, it's funny for what you were saying about the two modes, you know, mercenary for higher state where it's full craft, seeing people go so into that mode that it becomes a job. They work for the market versus somebody who is solely on the flip side, as you said, just kind of, existing in your own world, not having to apply deadlines to anybody else. There's, there's cons to both of those. Yeah. If you get too lost in that world, you never actually release anything for market period, even if it's your own doings. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to find this, this balance between both. And Mm -hmm. I think this actually kind of comes back to Sun Ra in a funny enough way, because I kind of had this theory that I would always I prefer to bet on myself. Yeah. I can't guarantee you I'll always win, but I trust me more than I trust anybody else when it comes to just job career stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would rather make what I'm going to make and hope it connects to somebody Yeah, and do my best to see if it's working along the way. But like, I would rather get the thing out of my heart. That's going to make me feel fantastic throughout the journey feel like I learned something new I applied something new I did something that I didn't know I was capable of the things that at the end of the day when the project is complete I will have felt grown like oh my god I didn't know how to do this when I started I didn't think I could do it I did it I I articulated this emotion I processed grief I did something really deep in me I put it out there it connected with at least one person what more could I ask for on my deathbed than to do things like this? And if it so happens that I'm hired, that the hope is I'm recognized for that. And if no one purchases the record, perhaps somebody wants me to produce a similar experience for them, but they're coming from to me for a very unique thing that only I can do, not a generic paint by numbers, whatever, graphic design or music production, mixing, whatever. And to bring it back to Sun Ra, that's essentially how he operated his entire orchestra, his entire mm-hmm. career and life. Like, this is how I think. This is how I view everything. I am an alien to all of y'all. I'm like a space-time alien from a different place, from a different time. I mean, on a side note, Dude was already breaking a lot of physics in he, he was doing a lot of connection of like astrophysics sound and music even if it didn't sound academically or scientifically correct to equations he was in the vibe like he 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 was on this tip and i don't think a lot of people were on the tip the way he was really really on that tip and he didn't let go of it he just let it be what it was because that's the only way he knew how to exist uh on this planet or outside of this planet uh, amongst the rest of our population. And he was, even if he wasn't fully rewarded for it during his lifetime, 
this goes back to that influence, you know, his DNA, he was inspiring enough for people to eventually understand his music, his message, his films, uh, or his film. And our ears eventually caught up to what he was doing. And that's really, it's a long game approach and it's hella scary gamble. But if you really kind of live what you believe, you wouldn't know any other way. You know I, think, what I'm no, I feel like, I feel like you just lifted my head off and hopped in my brain and just took everything. I've literally like almost verbatim have said these things. Yeah. To my literary manager, my partner, like I've told her, like people in my life, they've heard me articulate verbatim some of the same things you're saying, which is this idea of one, I'm always saying I bet on myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This idea that like I would be doing this regardless. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter if like, you know, fi the financial aspect of it is I would still be doing this. Like I would, I would be doing it. So it's just, you know, it, it behooves me to, to try and, you know, if I can make right. some sort of money, cool. Um, but also this idea of the long game and this idea of like being, um, I use the, I use the term or not, I don't know if it's the term, but I use this sort of comparison of like always being the engine of my own sort of creativity. Like, and what I mean by that is mm -hmm. like, I, I want to, I want to exist. Um, ideally, ideally, like that's why I look to people like Sun Ra or, or even to use another, a filmmaker uh, equivalent or guys like Melvin Van Peebles are mm -hmm. there's certain, there's certain people who I've looked to in terms of like their careers who are like, Oh, like these guys, they kind of understand, like they were able to operate in this specific, like completely self-created ec uh, ecosphere. Right. Yeah. Where, yeah. where, where, you know, it, and it was just about it, again, because people don't, I don't think people understand. It's like, it's not just, creativity and pursuing creativity as any sort of path it's also like a lifestyle choice right totally and it's not even and, and and i could take the choice out of it like for most of us it's not a choice right mm -hmm. it is just how you are and 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 then you try to sort of shape your life to to fit you know in accordance with that and it's and a big part of that is as an artist in relation to living living my life at least i can speak for myself is mm -hmm. this idea of like living life as close to on my own terms as I can. And, you know, now realistically, 100%. I understand, I understand that there are going to be times where that's not completely possible. No one can completely right. live things on their own terms, but that is always the goal. You know what I'm saying? And that is always sort of the way, mm -hmm. you know, even the things that I choose to pursue are, are sort of ideas are past, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm going to do this thing or that thing. It's always with the idea in the forefront of my mind, to like how does this contribute to me being able to do this on my own terms you know what i mean or how how am i able to totally. live a certain kind of way so yeah uh yeah man fuck yeah. man <laughs> <laughs> we we were we were we were we were we were on the same wavelength we were we were riffing like like uh like a jazz say, we, we were vibrating <laughs> We, vibrating, we were vibrating to the same frequency the vibrations was good i think that's a great i think that's a great point to uh to end it on um yeah so again man it was it was good to talk to you tim it's been forever <laughs> likewise yeah this has been a great I feel, like, uh, I feel like uh we were we, we 
man, that was lifetimes ago, man. It, it, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's really like crazy. literal lifetimes. Literally, I feel like, like I'm like two, yeah. at least two different people. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yep. So I feel you. At this point, I, I usually just, this is where I hand over the, the floor to the guests to, to plug away anything that they want to, you know, point people's eyes to whatever, whatever you got going on. The floor is yours. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, thank you once again for having me. This is really cool, really fun. One, actually, one quick shout out I'll give just because we're on this Sun Ra conversation, Afrofuturism conversation. You know, I mentioned I'm at UC San Diego. My homie King Britt is a professor at UC San Diego. And he's put together this entire this class, this program, this festival, this whole experience called Black Tronica. I'll actually be the teacher assistant this quarter. In our first week, we're going to be covering, like Sun Ra is the, oh, wow. is the, the, <laughs> the first topic. So I'm like, oh, this, this aligns perfectly. Uh, yeah, it always has like these great interviews. Uh, like Marshall Allen, who played sax, who's in the movie, has been like an interview. You know, like we got Herbie Hancock coming up next in a couple of weeks. It's It's really insane. So anyway huge shout out so first off check if you've dug this podcast or what we're talking about in this conversation i think it's just blacktronica.com b-l-a-c-k-t-r-o-n-i-k-a or just looking on instagram king brit blacktronica as for me the two major things i think i'm working on right now me and my guy bing garrett have a audio visual collaboration group called with flying colors where i'm taking a lot of what i've done is ill poetic for any for the two people listening who may know who my music that would be awesome uh but reimagining some of that music a little bit more live with the visual these just really huge 16 foot circle of light so trying to take that beyond san diego but we're about to perform in a cathedral uh these next three nights um, oh, which will be really cool so getting into that really cool like audio visual installation world where you're doing like those this like in cincinnati i think they have like blink cincinnati and yeah, kind of yeah. stuff like that going yeah. so shit like that yeah. and uh i've been working on this since being in school these past couple of years my next big personal project is called pigments of imagination it's kind of a virtual reality composition i guess you say and it kind of builds off i have synesthesia i see colors and music so really getting into really getting into that world of building music that's kind of fully synesthetic where you're kind of inside the music you're inside this experience and so i'm just trying to get deeper and deeper into the music and, uh, you, have, you say you have literal synesthesia yeah so i have sight sound synesthesia so i see colors in music so yeah like we could we could put on a sun Ra record or a kendrick or a coltrane or a miles or a herbie or whatever and I could kind of articulate oh here's what this symbol is doing right now it's mm -hmm. it's over here and it's shaped like this and it's this color and depending on the frequency range depending on all these things here's kind of what i'm seeing how i'm seeing it where i'm seeing it so one reason i've been getting into developing in virtual reality is because it's a chance to actually articulate what synesthesia looks like it's like how how can i build an imagination <laughs> how could yeah. i like actually yeah. build an imagination based off of music so kind of it's, it's very ambitious i i can't say i 100 percent got it locked in i'm learning a lot as i go but um it's 
I mean, I, I'm in a PhD program, not saying that for, I'm just saying that to say, that's what it takes for me to try and understand the thing that I'm trying to do. It's taking a lot of classes and doing math and programming alongside the music production, because I'm really excited by this idea. And I don't know if anyone will care. It, just like the Sun Ra thing, don't know if anybody will care, don't know how it will work, but it's cool and I haven't seen anyone do this before. So I'm gonna try it out and maybe it will be my space is the place. <laughs> and that is that is the great uh, button to this because like Tim said, um, that should be the motivating factor, right? It's like, if it's cool and mm -hmm. you wanna try it and you don't think anybody else has done it or done it to the, the way that you're, you know, yeah, thinking of doing it, Mm -hmm. That's the reason. Um, if more people created from that standpoint, we'd have a lot more greater shit. Until then, we'll be stuck with a lot of Marvel Universe bullshit. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, glad we didn't touch on that. that yeah, I'm glad we didn't touch on that. But yeah, uh, uh, but I always have to mention it. So you know, every every podcast. So yeah, man. Uh, thanks again, Tim. Uh, as always, yeah, yeah. I you. do not. I do not know how to end a podcast, so I just say, it's over. <laughs> All right, it's over. Thank you.